It is Tuesday and it's 25 to 1, so it's time for our money doctor, John Lowe, to open his surgery. How are you today, John? Hello, John. Nice to see you live in the studio. Live in the studio in Dublin <coughs> today, 53106, if you want to get your personal finance queries in. And a lot of them, I would imagine, are related to these PPIs. Now, in Radio yeah. World, PPI is an award that we all hope to win on a fr- <laughs> this coming Friday. But in insurance world, mm. it means something different. And people are probably wondering if they have one, is it yes. one of the ones that they shouldn't have been sold? Okay, well, first of all, PPI, Payment Protection Insurance goes back, unfortunately, only seven years. Actually, inter- inter- interestingly, Jonathan, this morning I had a call from a client. I won't say which one of the six of those lenders that uh, she had a PPI uh, policy with. No, I can't name. really. Because she got it in 2002 and it, uh, her husband was made redundant in 2010. So she went and looked for the... But he was, uh, he was self-employed. So they said, no, you don't qualify. So therefore, she, she, paid she, she, she should now get she's, something back. She's outside. She's outside because it only goes back to 2007. So for those people who are outside of this, now just again to reiterate what the PPI was, it was a 12-month payment of your mortgage or maybe your car loan or perhaps even a credit card uh, where it paid in the event of accident sickness or redundancy, it paid this uh, monthly amount and until you got back on your feet again. Now, the problem was the self-employed, the homemakers, part-time temporary workers, contract workers were all excluded, all barred from making a claim. So, of course, they weren't told that. And yet, for a lot of them, especially in, in, in the mortgage area, where you might have had a part-time, say, second partner who, who uh, needed the income in order to justify the mortgage. And so then they were sold as PPI. And so the the banks, the lenders would have seen that this is obviously... So this this person was uh, start, took out the PPI in 2002 yeah. and yeah. because... It's outside of the framework. Well, what's what the she'd point? have what's to do is who set that framework. That sounds dark. Well, it, it only goes back to two thousand and seven. That's what they were saying from this. this but she, um, she was still paying it in two thousand and seven. She was st- still, but she was paying it though from two thousand and two. So she's got really five years of. Let's say it's between two thousand and three thousand each, Jonathan. That these people. Are but going she'll to get, get the money from two thousand and seven. She should get the money back from two thousand, but she should get it back from two thousand and two. Yeah. So she needs to go back to that lender. And probably in this instance, where they said you don't need to go to a, a solicitor or a, a claims well, look, agency. The, the banks are banks to rights yeah. on this one. They shouldn't have sold the policies because no, they, they knew the circumstances it. of the individual. Right. Absolutely right. And so what the central bank are hoping to do is that they will review all those cases because they have the record over there. They go through every single PPI case. There's 340,000 of them, by the way. So they go through every single case and then they will um, write to these people. They'll contact these people and say, we have actually sold you a product that we shouldn't have. It's a bit like going to your doctor and saying, look, I've got a sore arm. Well, here's something for your foot. Yeah. Uh, take that because I'm getting extra well, money. Just say that people, if I fell into this category, and I don't, but if, if I fell into this category, I would be very slow to say someone like the central bank is going to do my business for me and I, I'd be knocking on the well, door of the bank myself. I tell you one thing, th- these six uh, institutions have been wrapped very hard on the knuckles. They will the not John, want what does that mean? Well, they will not want to be wrapped again because obviously the central bank are going to fo- follow this up and they'll want to see, you know, who have you contacted? Who are the people that, that you have oversold this? Because if they hear then, if people are not being contacted and then the cases come either via the financial ombudsman or directly to central bank, uh, I think it was Bernard Sheridan who is, is the, the head of there, um, they, they contact. There'll be water to pay.
Does, what does war with this between the central bank and the banks mean, given the context of well, the history are, that well, we've had? <laughs> right. Well, well, the the, the regula- regulation has become a little bit more stringent over the last couple of years. In fairness to the central bank, it has become. So more let stringent. them let them do the business, and, and you'll find yeah, out if you're going to benefit. I don't get in touch with uh, you know legal or claims agencies at this point. Wait till the bank contacts you in in relation. If you're in that category, by the way, there are some people, by the way, who are uh, uh, you know who were occupational. Uh, uh, kind of employees, mm. and they were uh, maybe made self, they may, maybe made redundant, or they had um, illness, or they were sick, and and they were able to claim, and they got the money. There are a few uh, cases that did get through. Okay, lots of questions have come in again this week, John. We'll start off with uh, one who's uh, from a person who's obviously looking to fill out their tax return before yeah. the end of the month. Could you ask, please, if receipts for medical expenses for Med One have to be in euro? So Med One form, that's the yeah. form you fill out. If you're that's right. Well, if, if presumably you're claiming expenses incurred outside the eurozone, and that's what this person is referring to. So claims for health expenses are processed based on the information shown on the claim form. So uh, no receipts at this point are required unless you're asked for. So presumably this person is abroad, and as long as it's not a quack, you know, or you know that they're a qualifying practitioner, and the cost of maintenance of or treatment in a hospital, nursing home, or clinic, and as long as that nursing home clinic has access to 24-hour nursing, believe it or not, on site. So the cost of reasonable travel and expenses also allowable and your company traveller as well so if you've got you know uh, you know carer for instance with you they can also claim but if, or if you paid dollars or if you paid yeah. it in pounds sterling absolutely well, what, what I do is say, say your bill is 150 pounds well then it's 81 pence to the pound so the bill will be 185 euros uh, so you show the doctors you keep the doctor's treat and I would just convert and put it at the bottom you know at uh, convert it at 0.81 uh, pence and then uh, and then work it out it's 185 euros and then put in the claim for 185 euros the the the, uh, the med one form won't want the receipts Okay, so you don't need to find the no. receipts. Okay, no, not at this stage. All right, okay. but you have but to keep them if they come looking for them. Yes. You have the receipts in your exactly, back pocket. Yeah. Um, next uh, listener says, "Love the money, Doctor Slot. Can you please tell me uh, when did stamp duty come in on self-built houses?" Well, thanks first of all for the compliments. I love it as well. <laughs> uh, the stamp duty is on the site only. So if a parent to child site transfer, there's no stamp duty or capital gains tax, but the site must be for the child's principal private residence and under the figure of two hundred and fifty-three thousand nine hundred. Forty-seven euro, uh, so there's only one transfer per child from parent, though. Um, so the, the, again, those stamp duty bans, by the way, over um, one hundred and fifty thousand is nine percent, Johnson, and it goes down to say uh, from over ten thousand, it's one percent. So there's a, a, a ban, a grade. So it, therefore, band. if you build on your parents' land, there won't be stamp duty. But if you if buy it's a, under a certain site, but if you value. buy a site from somebody, yeah. Um, therefore, the, the, the stamp duty is payable on the site only. Okay. So you have to get the site valued. So if, if it was over, say, 150,000, say it's 9%. Rob has a question saying, um, we bought a house with AIB and the solicitors are doing the deal at the moment. Could you tell me who organises the 25% interest mortgage relief? Well, the banks used to do it. Um, but when you draw down uh, a mortgage, if, if you're a qualifying applicant, like first-time buyer, obviously now, you apply for your uh, TRS by downloading a TRS-1 form so TRS1P is called, from the revenue.ie site, website, um, you'll need your PPS number, you need the mortgage account number, and you can go back to four years if you haven't claimed to date. So there are, there's some you know, joy there. Helpline, uh, TRS helpline, 1890 And also, if you want to go on the uh, TRSA, uh, TRS um, kind of email address, it's trsadmin at revenue.ie. Now, most forms that you download from revenue, yeah. but they cause me to break out in a 
cold sweat. Mm. They are that yeah. complicated for those of us who wouldn't be familiar with them. How complicated it's, it's is this? It's not complicated at all. And actually, just again to reiterate, Jonathan, on, on what's available. So for those people, for instance, they've got only till the 31st of December this year uh, for, for first-time buyers to claim, first of all, for the first two years, it'll be 25%. And then for the next three years, it'll be 22.5%. And then it finishes, unfortunately, 2017. So, but 25%, though. So it is worth it. You know, you, 25% of, of up to 10,000 each per person. So 20,000. Well, well, definitely download the form anyway, yeah. Rob. Nothing, nothing to be lost by doing that. Um, hi, Money Doctor. We have a split mortgage, uh, one for 110,000 variable and one for 600,000 that's on a tracker. We're paying interest only on the tracker. Uh, we may be coming into a lump sum. Would it be wise to pay off variable mortgage and put that money to top up the tracker payment? Why would you pay well, interest only on a tracker? Uh, well, there's an awful lot of people. We were talking about that earlier, Johnson. Uh, I mean, uh, you, what you're doing basically is you're kicking the can down the road because as you pay interest only on a loan, um, it, uh, you are shortening the term where it nearly becomes, for some people, impossible to pay the capital back. But this would very much, with this particular uh, texture, very much depends on the current savings. Yes, pay off the 110,000. That's the standard variable rate is very much hurting. The tracker isn't. And as I've proved before, you can earn more on deposit uh, than the mortgage interest you'll be paying. Uh, so the first thing I would suggest to this couple is do a budget. How is your rainy day fund, for instance? Remember what I said, you've got to have between three and six months net annual income uh, to, to kind of keep you and your dependents going for those expenses, those uh, sudden loss of income or whatever. Uh, and 600000 on interest only is a large mortgage, by the way. Uh, and uh, you should try at some stage to start paying capital on this on a monthly basis because eventually, as I say, that term is, is definitely going to... Uh, um, really um, affect you that um, you won't have you won't you won't be able to uh, pay that capital back. The the short the longer it goes on that you're paying interest only. Okay, all right. And uh, one more before we go. Joe asked, does a person who is on a year contract have to pay into a pension plan? He was told that it's company policy to have pension payments deducted. If you're on a year contract, you well, well, that is very strange. Companies are obliged to offer you a deduction facility, Jonathan, uh, from your salary into a pension fund of your choice. They would have had set up one of themselves. Uh, some employers, for instance, contribute, and if they do, I'd go along because obviously it's money for old rope. You know, if your if your employer is paying into a fund, uh, but uh, you know, if you are after getting money for nothing, but if you're a one year contract, uh, it doesn't first of all make sense because you obviously could be let go at the end of a year. Um, but sure, if that was the case and you took on employment somewhere else, you'd have a load of small little pensions and no absolutely. one big one. Absolutely, but there is a thing. You know, the, the PRSA would allow you the facility, and it mightn't be a bad idea, mind you, if 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 this company is going to set up a PRSA. For him, uh, they're going to make a contribution towards it, and he's making a contribution because he can get that. It's a portable investment that he can bring to his next job should he should he lose the the, the job in the meantime. Okay, John Lowe's website's moneydoctor.ie. You can uh, look on there, and he's also available face to face or on the telephone. He's a regulated independent financial advisor. John, thank you very much thank for coming into us again. Good to see you again. Talk to you next Tuesday. You can also podcast our weekly chat by going to newstalk.ie.